0: This is Iron Sports 95.9 106.9. We're honored today to have Mark Weiser, the beat writer for the Athens Banner Herald on Iron Sports talking about the exciting game going to be down here in a week in a few days at Miami Gardens between Georgia and Michigan. Thanks a lot, Mark, for coming on Iron Sports.
1: Yeah, good to be with you.
0: So A few years ago, Georgia made a decision to get rid of Mark Richt. We know him familiar here for the Miami Hurricanes with a 74 percent winning percentage. They bring in Kirby Smart and Kirby seems to have done something that the other assistants from Alabama have been able to do, except beat Saban, but actually really turn this program around and make Georgia a national power. What, What has Kirby done? What has he done to make Georgia take that next step from Richt to Smart?
1: Well, he brought a lot of what he learned at Alabama under Saban for, you know, nine seasons and also was with him. For one season with the Dolphins back in 2006, I guess it was, and then went to LSU, uh, or actually was with him at LSU before uh, the Dolphins um, as well. So, we, I mean, he is, you know, right-hand man for, for Nick Saban in the defense there uh, through their four national titles, and, and he brought, you know, a lot of what he learned there to Athens, and, and probably first and foremost is just kind of a, a relentless uh, pursuit of the top players on the recruiting trail, and Georgia's just stacked recruiting classes and one after the other um, top three or four for like five or six straight years now um, so when you have a really, really good players and uh, you can coach them up uh, you can do what Georgia did you know they got to the playoff in 2017 and they've been you know kind of on the outside looking in the last three years but but they're back this year and just had a, a dominant regular season
0: And then going into this year, I kept hearing the name of the quarterback, JT Daniels, JT Daniels, JT Daniels that has injured the beginning part of the year. And Stetson Bennett is almost like a placeholder. But suddenly Stetson Bennett became more than a placeholder, but actually was, you know, is the quarterback and and made the the announcement. Kirby's made the announcement that he's the quarterback for the rest of the year. What did Bennett do to really take this position and not just be a placeholder for it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, JT Daniels was the guy after the last four games of last year. He transferred over from Southern Cal, was coming off a, a torn ACL. Uh, you know, the fans were kind of pining for him, you know, during last year when Georgia went through really three quarterbacks because they had uh, a Wake Forest transfer. Jamie Newman opted out because of COVID. Um, then they had started Duan Mathis, who ended up transferring to Temple. Uh, and Stetson Bennett came in in the first game because uh, uh, Mathis was ineffective. And Bennett w- was, you know, better. Than you might expect for a guy that was a formal walk-on but they uh, they lost games uh, against Florida, they lost against Alabama where Bennett didn't have a good days, got injured in the Alabama game um, and so JT Daniels was caught on the last four games and then you know, they brought him to SEC media days, he was talked about as a Heisman Trophy candidate, but he dealt with a couple injuries, an oblique injury a lat injury um, and, and uh, Bennett took advantage of the situation um, and really raised his game from last year it brings a different element than, um, than Daniels because he has the ability to to make uh, first downs with his feet um, and really avoid trouble, you know, with the pass rush. So, you know, Georgia's defense w- was so good they didn't need to score forty points a game on offense. Um, the opponents weren't scoring more than seventeen points a game before Alabama did. Uh, so, uh, you know, Bennett didn't have a good game in the SEC championship game, but it looks like they're sticking with him and um, you know, hoping that the formula that worked in the regular season will carry them through these next two games.
0: And also, that formula was the running back by committee. We think of. Jewish Georgia, we think of the star running back, uh, you know, ever since from Herschel Walker's days. But the point is you're using, you utilize maybe four or five running backs in the game that could all carry significant carries, including Zamir White, James Cook. But it's this running back that committee has proved very effective this year.
1: Yeah, Georgia's, you know, they've really produced uh, a lot of NFL running backs, but but they have they really haven't had a guy that's that needed to be, like, the workhorse guy. I mean, when they went in 2017, it was Nick Chubb and Sonny Michel. Even uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, had Elijah Holyfield uh, when he was here. Um, you know, even going back to the Mark Rick years, they kind of did the same thing. So this year, um, you know, you don't necessarily have, like, a first-round type running back, but Samir White, James Cook uh, bring some different dimensions. White is more of a downhill r- r- runner. James Cook, Dalvin's brother, uh, you know, can can get open in, in space and, and be a, a good threat in the passing game. Um, and then they have Kenny McIntosh, who's from South Florida. Um, they have Kendall Milton from California. So th- they really go four deep at that position, um, and and really, uh, you know, Georgia likes to rely on the play action game. So um, make some shots downfield as the defense focuses on those running backs.
0: And then the defense to turn to that. I mean, Jordan Davis, the Bednar- Bednarik Award winner, Nakobe Dean, the Buckus Award winner, Devon. I mean, you have three, maybe four first round draft picks on that defense, and it just seems so dominating. And and, and during the whole year, I mean, this scores were I guess the average was like under holding teams for under seven. uh, One of the best defenses we've seen in years, considering in this time of offense, offense, offense to have this dominating defense uh, was pretty amazing
1: yeah the front seven in particular is, is kind of their bread and butter of, of what's made them so uh, smothering uh, you know you're going to see guys at the formidable most underclassmen uh, from this defense go pro and um, you know the, the back end of the defense was kind of you know unproven uh, you know was benefiting from uh, the great pass rush and you know different guys coming off the edge um, you know m- making plays and and they were kind of exposed a little bit against Alabama now you know whether michigan can take advantage of, of the Back end that the secondary, um, it remains to be seen, and um, you know they're going to have a lot to deal with. You know, you mentioned guys like Jordan Davis, he goes six six, three hundred and fifty pounds. Um, Devante Wyatt is just a handful as well at tackle. Then you have Jalen Carter, who might be a better pro prospect. Uh, at Noseguard, uh, who who is a sophomore, um, behind Jordan Davis. And, and they rotate a lot of guys, roll a lot of guys in there. And then all three other inside linebackers are just, you know, speedy sideline-to-sideline side type guys that that uh, all the guys, are NFL talent evaluators on the next level, are, are really uh, kind of gushing over.
0: We're talking to Mark Weiser, uh, the beat writer for the Athens Banner Herald, about the Georgia Bulldogs. And I just want to talk about one game in particular at the beginning of the year, the Clemson game. I think that was where the statement was made. I mean, I think Clemson regrets even scheduling that game, but uh, I remember the defense was just, I mean, everyone expecting Clemson's offense every game, scoring 40, 50 points, and suddenly totally shut out during the entire game. I think that's what really what set in motion this uh, dominant defense.
1: Yeah, that was a top ten matchup, but you know, Clemson. We didn't know that their offense really was going to take <laughs> such a step back. I mean, now you know Georgia's defense was legit the whole season, but but Clemson's offense really struggled. Um, you know, throughout the uh, you know as they lost Trevor Lawrence, but um, you know that was a game where, where Georgia only, you know only scored. 10 points and, and their one touchdown came on a pick six uh, from safety Christopher Smith. Now that we didn't know at that point that JT Daniels was battling, uh, you know, his uh, oblique injury and, and that might have had something to do with them not being able to, to really do much in the passing game uh, along with the fact that, that Clemson was kind of dropping into coverage and daring them to, um, you know, try to throw the ball against that. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the Alabama game, I was there and it was what an atmosphere down in Atlanta for this game. It was just tremendous. And, and I just it was the It was electric. Um, and when Georgia took out that lead, got the early lead, I'm thinking this is the best team. Like, there's no way. I mean, they're shutting down Alabama. But then it all those um, slant passes, the Jamison Williams, whatever brought. It was amazing how Alabama was able to turn the tide on the, the, the term, the term, the tide. But it really turned that game around.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jamison Williams and and, uh, John Mechie, you know, they really took advantage of some bust in the secondary in Georgia. You know, kind of deviated from their scheme a little bit. Um, what they were doing, what got them there, uh, because they thought the best way, uh, you know, to beat Alabama was not to play as much zone defense. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if they they make adjustments again now for Michigan and what they have to offer. But, um, you know, Georgia uh, certainly uh, gave up the big plays in the passing game and uh, you know couldn't keep up uh, when they needed to in the second half to try to come back from a double digit deficit. Then uh, it had a pick six and and uh, Georgia wasn't, you know, able to match the firepower.
0: Um, Has Kirby talked about maybe he got away from the game plan? I heard a lot of my friends who are Georgia fans were just mad. They felt like, you know, they felt like they almost panicked when they started, when they got behind instead of just saying, hey, look, let's just keep winning the game. It just seemed like they were panicking and and it, it just got out of sorts.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they, they had a hard time, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, with with Alabama's explosiveness, and and uh, I mean, they fed the ball to tight end Brock Bowers, uh, you know, over and over again, um, you know. Whether Stetson Bennett felt a little bit, uh, you know, happy feet with some of the pass rush, I'm not sure, but but uh, they didn't convert on third down, um, and and they couldn't take advantage when they did have the ball, uh, you know, in in the red zone area.
0: So now, Georgia is a seven and a half favorite against Michigan. Uh, people thought Michigan was going to have this letdown over the after the Ohio State game, but they destroyed Iowa. What challenges do you think Michigan tra- brings to the table that might you know that might cause Georgia a lot of problems?
1: Well, they got they have two really good running backs, and they uh, you know you would think with Georgia's front seven. This would be a great matchup for them. Uh, you know they're very good against the run. They have been, uh, you know, among the nation's best the last three or four years. But you know, Michigan's very creative in their play calling. Uh, you know, they do a lot of flea flickers. They do jet sweeps. Um, you know, they have good tight ends. Um, you know, their quarterback doesn't throw too many interceptions. Um, you know, and they have a, a good defense as well. Um, you know, I think if Georgia can shut down the run, um, you know, Michigan doesn't have the same type of players on the outside as Alabama does, and so you've you got to like Georgia. Uh, in that aspect
0: Do you think Georgia I mean you've been around the team you're talking to team sometimes a team has a loss and it just sets them down especially when you're so dominant for so long do you think that this loss is going to energize them or are they going to be sort of sulking after a loss like this after the loss to, to Alabama?
1: No, I think it will definitely energize them, especially now that they've had you know to be four weeks before the game played or something like that, so they've had a lot of time to to kind of uh you know digest the loss and make adjustments and um you know just know that this is kind of you know they're still exactly where they wanted to be i mean this is a team that, that thinks national title every season, and now they're two games away and uh you know avoided Alabama in the first round and then if they do get Alabama. In the championship game, you know, John Metchi's out for the season. He's one of their, their better players on the outside. So, uh, you know, Georgia might like uh, their chances uh, the second time around against Alabama.
0: Well, Mark, I really appreciate you giving us a preview to the uh, college football semifinal playoff game. And uh, this is Iron Sports. Thanks a lot, Mark, for coming on. Yeah, it was good to be with you.